This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, March 13th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Congress struggles to pass emergency aid. Can USDA fund more MFP? And draft diet advice cautions on red meat. Before we begin, here's an editor's note. The AgriPulse Ag and Food Policy Summit, originally scheduled for March 23rd at the National Press Club in Washington, is being postponed until June 22nd at the same location. For more information on the summit, you can go to agripulse.com. Stimulus bill ramps up feeding programs. A stimulus package for dealing with the coronavirus outbreak is expected to include a number of provisions to expand nutrition assistance to deal with the impact of low-income Americans. The bill developed by House leaders includes an emergency increase in SNAP benefits, $400 million in new aid to food banks, and a waiver of SNAP work requirements. However, Final details of the package were being negotiated with the White House into last night. An announcement of a deal is expected today, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told reporters. The Senate canceled a recess plan for next week in order to finish work on the package. Purdue cancels EU trip amid outbreak. Because of the outbreak, Agriculture Secretary Sonny Purdue has canceled a planned trip to London next week he was going to make a case for lifting trade barriers on U.S. farm commodities. Purdue had been planning on stopping in London on his way to a meeting of the G20 Ag Ministers in Saudi Arabia. But that event has been postponed, according to a USDA spokesperson. In the meantime, EU Trade Commissioner Phil Hogan has canceled plans to visit the U.S. next week. Purdue, not sure on MFP funding. The chairman of the Senate subcommittee that writes the USDA's budget says he thinks the Trump administration may need to authorize a third year of the market facilitation program. But it's not clear that USDA has sufficient spending authority to make more MFP payments. Senator John Hoven, who chairs the Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee, pressed Secretary Perdue yesterday on whether Congress needs to refresh his spending authority under the Commodity Credit Corporation. Purdue told Hoven, we have to really know the timing there and look at our cash flow within CCC in order to make more payments. Purdue reiterated that he doesn't think farmers should count on more MFP payments, but he said if trade doesn't materialize, we're prepared to look at that again. Senator, Trump got the message on SREs. Republican Senator Johnny Ernst of Iowa tells AgriPulse she spoke to President Donald Trump twice this past weekend and believes he understands how farm country feels about an appeals court ruling on biofuel mandate exemptions. Ernst said he got the message. He doesn't believe the appeal will be overturned. He truly does believe it will stick, but what he would like to do is work something out with small refineries outside of ethanol and biofuels. Why it matters? The ruling struck down several small refinery exemptions, or SREs, and had the potential to impact more waivers across the country. Advisors draft finding cautionary on red meat. The government's dietary science advisors have reached a draft conclusion that eating more fruits and vegetables and less red meat lowers the risk of cardiovascular disease, or CBD. 
A subcommittee of the Dietary Guideline Advisory Committee has found there is, quote, strong and consistent evidence showing that dietary patterns associated with decreased risk of CVD are characterized by higher consumption of vegetables, fruits, whole grains, low-fat dairy, and seafood, and lower consumption of red and processed meat, and lower intakes of refined grains and sugar-sweetened foods and beverages relative to less healthy patterns. The committee, which has been meeting by webcast this week, is due to release a final report in June that will incorporate the draft findings. Take note, one key area where data is limited is in the area of low-carb diets, said committee member Jamie Ard, professor of epidemiology and prevention at Wake Forest School of Medicine. The body of evidence is probably not going to be sufficient to fully address what people think of as a high-fat intake or, on the other hand, a very low-carb intake, Ard said. U.S. accepts U.K. beef ahead of trade talks. The U.S. is opening its borders to beef from Britain, a country with a long history of dealing with mad cow disease. And the U.K.'s trade minister offering her thanks as well as promising even more opportunities to expand trade as talks for a free trade agreement begin. It is great news that the U.S. has reopened the market to British beef, British International Trade Secretary Liz Truss said yesterday. The government is expected to begin negotiating a U.K.-U.S. free trade agreement this month, which will help to create even more opportunities for British businesses. Now keep in mind, U.S. cattle ranchers are also hoping to get access to the British market for U.S. beef. As a European Union member, the U.K. also banned most U.S. beef because of the European prohibition on meat from cattle treated with growth hormones. Mexico's glyphosate rejection spurs USMCA concern. A Mexican agency's apparent adoption of the European precautionary principle and rejection of herbicide glyphosate shipped from the U.S. has the pesticide industry concerned that Mexico may not be ready to live up to all of its promises in the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Mexico recently rejected a 1,000 tons of glyphosate, and that's a dangerous omen. CropLife America, a pesticide industry trade association, says in a letter to U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer. If Mexico extends the precautionary principle to the establishment of pesticide maximum residue levels, $20 billion in U.S. annual agriculture exports to Mexico will be jeopardized, according to the letter. Mexico does not have its own MRLs, but rather relies on those of exporters like the U.S. ARC PLC deadline looms. Monday is the deadline for farmers to schedule an appointment with the Farm Service Agency to enroll in either the price loss coverage or agriculture risk coverage program. As of yesterday, 1.4 million contracts had been signed for the 2019 crop year, about 89% of the expected enrollment, according to the Farm Service Agency. Top senators seek cover crop fix for crop insurance. Senate Republican Whip John Thune of South Dakota and the top Democrat on the Senate Agriculture Committee, Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, are proposing to permanently remove a ban on harvesting or grazing cover crops on prevented plant acres before November 1st. 
Last year, USDA made a one-time administrative change in the November 1 requirement. A bill the senators are co-sponsoring would allow haying and grazing on those cover crops after the primary nesting season. Here's today's She Said It. Science tells us that biotechnology is safe and that it can improve people's lives. However, we need to be fully transparent in order to ensure customers at home and abroad aren't doubting the safety of these products. That's Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan at a Senate Ag hearing on biotechnology regulation. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, March 13th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.